When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in. It's Friday at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It is the eve of Nebraska-Ohio State. Pinch yourself. You have gotten here. You've uh, made it. You've persevered. You get the payoff tomorrow. You get Nebraska football. We welcome you in. An exciting next couple of hours. A lot of smiles as uh, we are nearing uh, football 2020. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Now, we are on the road today. We were at Kincader Brewing. Uh, they are the uh, just amazing folks on a broken bow. Hopefully you've had a chance to try the Hale Varsity Ale, the Hale Ale. I'm turning to my left and looking at their, well, their beer fridge, and there's a, a few uh, Sixers of Hale Ale uh, kind of peeking out to court, towards Canopy Street uh, in the shadow of Huddle. Just a beautiful scene. Uh, down here in the Haymarket, just south of the rail yard. And uh, we are getting ready for football. Nebraska, Ohio State can join us today. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Email us at chris at halevarsity.com and give us a follow. Uh, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, who uh, is with me in spirit. <laughs> he's back at the studio making maybe it's just to be the Elijah show. Maybe he's going to actually fall on the off button and it's just all Elijah all the time. We will talk to Derek Peterson coming up. Dr. Petey from Hale Varsity. He is out uh, on the way to check out Carney Catholic and. In uh, Harburg, uh, another uh, on-site uh, report from Dr. Petey. Uh, that is happening uh, in about 15 minutes. Derek will join us. Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, Burke's Best Bets at 440 today. Bill Dolman uh, in the mountains of Leadville, Colorado. He will join us uh, on-site uh, in, uh, in, well, I guess Pac-12 land. And, uh, yes, we will have a Friday forecast. It is Big Ten football that's back. Uh, Barry Alvarez in Wisconsin want to put a thousand on Illinois tonight. A Friday night game in Madtown. Clotsburn uh, with us at 5:40, and uh, you're welcome to join us. So a lot of thoughts uh, on my mind as Saturday looms. We are going to be in the rail yard at the Hale Varsity Herdat headquarters for the weekend edition pregame seven to nine tomorrow morning. Real red reaction follows immediately. After uh, Nebraska, Ohio State, your thoughts, your calls, your tweets as we react. So, Elijah, let me ask you this. You've uh, grown up in Lincoln. You're a Nebraska fan. You're a, uh, a younger dude, but you're a, you're a football guy. You're a football player. And uh, growing up, 
Uh, there's been a lot of games that, that kind of are, are seared and burned into your memory. And you can go through a, a list here of big openers that really catapulted the season. And Nebraska picked their spots over the years with who they opened against. Maybe it was Penn State. Maybe it was A&M. Maybe it was Florida State. Uh, you've had the, the kickoff classic moments, at least uh, in, in my lifetime. Uh, there's three or four or five games where Nebraska's opened up against uh, some monster opponents, and Nebraska was uh, every inch as good as anyone in the country, and those usually went Nebraska's way. What does tomorrow mean to you? To me, it means not only is, is football back in Nebraska at the, the forefront playing the old fullback there, leading the way for everybody to, to charge into the end zone. But tomorrow, to me, uh, means Nebraska has a chance to, to make a statement, and that's not, um, that's not putting too much hype or, or craziness on a win. I'm saying Nebraska, in year three of Scott Frost, has a chance to charge out, play good football, gain some respect, and, and just compete. And it's okay to lose to a better team, but it's okay to lose to a better team and do it where you're composed and you're not self-inflicting. That's what I'm really interested in seeing tomorrow. Can Nebraska, we're not at the point in a big game yet with Nebraska where the hype is there. They've got to handle the hype and go win a big game. Right now, this is kind of house money. You're not expected to do much, so... It's okay to go play free, and that can help you. Different situation tomorrow, but I think it's a credibility moment for Nebraska, and I think it's a credibility moment for uh, this third year. Where, where's We've heard a lot about culture. Where's the culture at? How do, you, how do you react to adversity? And that's been a problem, Elijah, for Nebraska football uh, for, for 20 years. Yeah, and with the credibility tomorrow, just so many – national outlets around the country have been saying oh Nebraska must have a real good team this year because they really want to play so Nebraska I think needs to go out and and show something it can be a loss but they need to show that they can at least hang with the the top teams in the Big Ten Uh, it's as simple as that to me just because that's what the expectations are for Nebraska fans so they've always been for Nebraska fans and and, uh, I was talking with my roommate last night we were discussing like hey what do we want from Nebraska football and it's just to be in the race for the Big Ten West every single year that that's what my expectations are for Nebraska, to at least be in a position where they can can make a shot, make a run at the Big Ten West crown. And it starts with being able to to just take on the top teams in the conference and play them close, make them play you for four quarters, even if it ends up being a loss. Uh, what I'm looking for just tomorrow is make things close, make Ohio State work for it. You know what, and that's that sounds so simple. And for a lot of Nebraska fans out there right now, you're going, is that what football's become? And listen, one of my favorite shows ever, ever. And it's so well written, it's so well acted. I'm turning into an old man, so I need the uh, the, the captions on because I don't hear so well anymore. And it, there's a high level of accent to it. But it's Peaky Blinders, Okay. And, and throughout the, the, the five seasons, as I'm waiting on season six here, desperately waiting, uh, you have uh, the story of a, of, a, of a Birmingham family that are book my, bookmakers that have risen up to, to gain some political power. And, and I mean, it's, it's a, it's a you know, post-World War, War I 
English gangster story. So they're, they're bookmakers, they're bootleggers, they're, they're opportunists, and, and they're tough street dudes. But they, uh, they should have all died in, uh, in one of the main major wars of, of World War I. They're all over in France, and uh, they were supposed to get just slaughtered by the, the, Germ- the Germans. And, and what happened? The, the, the cavalry never came, and they survived. So they've treated every day of their life carefree, unafraid to die, because everything after that moment where they were supposed to get slaughtered by the cavalry, it was extra. And one of those moments in that TV series is stuck with me. Everything is extra. Well, that's how I'm treating uh, 2020. Uh, as, a, as a Nebraska fan, if, if Nebraska wins two games, you're not going to be happy. Uh, if, and if they, if they go two and seven and uh, they, they get whacked uh, Minnesota, Nebraska style last year, you're going to be pissed. But I honestly think uh, this is extra. This is, this is a build uh, in development. This is a pause on eligibility. This is a year where you really find out what a high-level quarterback you went out and won in a recruiting battle uh, is made of. And it's not all about Adrian because God knows he needs help. He needs help around him. He needs help on the offensive line. He needs a run game. He needs wideouts that can get open. So it ain't all him. And he tried to gut it out last year, but he also forced it and felt the pressure. So this is extra. This helps me figure out from a mentality standpoint, you've got a guy with all-world talent. You've got a guy that came on and rolled with the punches as a freshman. Scott Frost has not made mistakes at quarterback at Oregon, at Central Florida, and I don't think he's made a mistake at Nebraska. But what happens here moving forward uh, with your quarterback? You have options. Uh, You have competition. You have McCaffrey. Uh, You have Smothers. You have some others in the hopper. So, look, there are other guys to turn to, but the guy guy you you flew cross-country for, what's he made of tomorrow? It was, I won the job as a freshman. I balled out. I was able to kind of soak it in in year one of a reboot. Year two, everyone said, wow, you're damn good. You're young. What happens? And between injury and, and... Maybe a little bit trying too hard, too much. Uh, you saw last year happen. There was some hesitancy. There was probably some confidence issues. Uh, and and uh, above all, there was injury. Does he go back to being a playmaker, a guy that's confident, a guy that's not reckless, but, man, he is – he matches that, that mentality with the God-given talent, and he's every inch as good as most quarterbacks in the league, if not better. Uh, he hadn't fields, but can he can he keep you in a ball game like that, undermanned uh, against uh, that defense? That's what I'm interested in. Have that everything's extra type mentality, and I'm interested. How long does that stick with you as a Nebraska fan? Are there going to be moments tomorrow <laughs> where you get pissed because all right, Nebraska just got gashed on a 30-yard run, or Nebraska? looks horrific tackling or guess what it's third down and two in the red zone oops there's a false start it's time to take three instead of seven i mean those things where you beat yourself that is what 
has that's what's worn down Nebraska fans to a bit of a nub, in my opinion. It's not that, okay, a better team beats you, named Ohio State, named Penn State. But you've been out physical on the lines of scrimmage by teams you feel you're superior than as a program stature. Minnesota, uh, uh, of course, Iowa. You've been chasing Wisconsin, and they've continued to curb stomp you. And then there's Ohio State. It's a big moment game. It's a big statement game. Uh, If you're Nebraska, quite honestly, back to the credibility theme, uh, go play ball. Go uh, turn some heads for your own good. And, and go play confident. And, and this mantra of no fear of failure uh, with uh, desire to exceed, I've, I've kind of paraphrased it, but it's time to see that. And then the next step is not only play well tomorrow, but go 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 take down a, a, a big-name pelt. Go get a signature win this year. You've got the schedule littered with them. You've recruited well. Your coaches can develop. Go get some wins. Doesn't have to be tomorrow. But it, it needs to be a situation where Nebraska truly can go play and play well at a high level and not get in their own way, Elijah. Yeah, and I'm treating this game tomorrow like it's a boxing match where you know Ohio State's got all the talent in the world. They're going to land a few punches. They're probably going to knock you down. But, but what I'm watching for is can Nebraska get back up? Can they stay in it? And can they fight a full 12 rounds? Are, are they going to be in it until the end? Uh, whether Ohio State wins tomorrow or not, I, I think it's uh, – it's unimportant whenever you just look at Nebraska staying in the fight, being willing to come back and show that the other teams in the Big Ten is like, yeah, we're a better team this year, and Ohio State might get us, uh, but we're going to get you. That's what I'm watching for because this how long has it been since we've been able to say Nebraska is going to be in at least every single game they've played this year? Nebraska has spent so long just going into seasons you're hoping for the best come game one and you you watch first couple games and you go all right we might get blown out a couple times this year that's what i'm watching for this year is that the blowout stop the embarrassments on national tv stop tomorrow's a national tv game nebraska's a brand ohio state's a brand and i think nebraska needs to show tomorrow that they're done getting rolled on national television you know what as things move forward here hopefully with this football season We'll know more about Nebraska following tomorrow uh, with Wisconsin looming. I can't wait for, for Madtown uh, North to, to invade Lincoln. I know that there's no fans in the stands, but you get me. The camaraderie between Nebraska and, and, and Wisconsin with the Barry Alvarez Nebraska blueprint factor. We'll, we'll really know just how good Ohio State is in two weeks and three weeks and four weeks, not only with their date against Penn State and their college football playoff uh, reservation looming, but if Nebraska gets gets ripped 45-17 tomorrow and it's a plethora of big plays, you know, is, is that they're just whacking Nebraska or are they doing it to everybody? As the season matriculates, we'll know that for sure, just how good Ohio State is and really honestly you know what can Nebraska do from a growth standpoint and you're only going to get better right what have we been screaming about since the move to the Big Ten can Nebraska stop anybody running the football that hurts that hurts you as a Nebraska fan where teams have lined up 
and just rammed it down your throat. You love it. You appreciate it. You smile about it. But it's because you watched Nebraska do it to so many for so many years. So the shoe's on the other foot now, and, and you're getting physically dominated uh, in a lot of instances by some really good football teams on the line of scrimmage. But that, that, that hit list has grown uh, over the last three or four years where teams have lined up and just continued to hammer you. So uh, can Nebraska uh, gear up for the Iowas, for the Wisconsins, for the Minnesotas, for the Penn States uh, in the run game? Because for Nebraska to be uh, a team you feel good about, whatever the, the, the win total is, you need them to look better on the lines of scrimmage, running the football and stopping the run. And I don't know how great they'll be at stopping the run tomorrow with Ohio State's offensive line. But guess what? You're, you're starting off with the best there is, likely, in that Ohio State offensive line. It can only get better for the Nebraska defensive line after tomorrow. More to get into Nebraska, Ohio State. We're down here at Kincader uh, in the Haymarket, the tap room, where we're at here till 6 o'clock. Derek Peterson's on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're down here in the Haymarket, uh, in the rail yard, uh, just south of here with uh, Kincader Brewing. The tap room is where we are at the Hale Ale. It is cold and frosty and tastes great, a little gloomy, a little gray. It is Big Ten football weather outside. Come on in, warm up. Everyone's socially distanced and uh, safe down here at Kincader. Uh, really good stuff coming up from Bill Dolman. We'll hear from Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago, with Burke's best bets in about 15 minutes. And then Clausburton is back with the Friday forecast en route to Kearney. Our dear friends out in Cardi on ESPN 1460-1550. Uh, Derek Peterson from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine is out to check Mr. Harburg out yet again with Carney Catholic. Uh, Derek, how's the drive? How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I got a question. So if Danny Burke gets to be the pride of Chicago, do I get to be the pride of Oklahoma? Oklahoma City? Norman? Yes, yes. We, we, we hand that out. Because Danny's from Chicago, so it's, it's, you know, for years he's been the pride of Chicago. Bill Dolman's uh, a mentor of mine and hired me, God, 20 years ago. And he's from Fairbury, so he's the pride of Fairbury. So we are going to now officially uh, knight you, <laughs> right, and, and just I'm call knighted. you the pride of Oklahoma City. We're just going to call you the pride of Oklahoma. We're going to make it statewide versus the city thing. <laughs> I will. I will assume the title of the uh, OU marching band. So I will. Hopefully, I can live up to the, uh, the reputation. I got to tell you a story. We were down at Arrowhead. This is '98, and me and my buddy uh, Nate, and uh, I believe it was my my roommate Brant in college. So we went down to, to Nebraska, Oklahoma State. That was the year that they played in Arrowhead. It was supposed to be a home game in Stillwater. And uh, the powers that be at Kansas City said, let's let's go do this neutral site thing. It had worked out well earlier in the year, and I think Iowa State almost beat Florida State. This was the Seneca Wallace era. So long and short, Nebraska on a goal line stand beats Oklahoma State. I think Bob Simmons was coached down there. It might have been his first or second year. And Mike Brown and Mike Rucker uh, combined at the goal line to, to shut it down. Newcomb... 
uh, was a quarterback. It was his first, you know his last start of the year because he got dinged. And it was a 9-4 kind of come-to-earth year for Nebraska. A lot of close games and injuries. So after this, we're all kind of partying. And we end up getting together with the Oklahoma State Marching Band. And let me say this. Do not try on their gear if you're half, half in the bag. That's the band hat and the orange jumpsuit. Because... You might see the tuba player run a 4-2-40. That happened to me, Dr. Petey, where I upset uh, a few members of the Oklahoma State Marching Band. They were mad about the game. They were really frustrated that I was busting a move in their gear. Wow, that's that's an amazing story. Thank you for blessing my Friday with that. The reason I went there is because you said the, the, the pride of Oklahoma with the marching band. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I love it. Hey, I had a few moves long, long, long time ago. What are we going to see tomorrow? Uh, you're going to be locked in, covering Nebraska. Uh, great opportunity. But where are you focused most? Are you looking at D-line for Nebraska? Are you looking at Adrian? Where are your sights set? Um, well, it'll be interesting. It'll be the first time I haven't been in a road game uh, since I got here in 2017 yeah. to start covering the team. Um, so I'll get, I'll get to... Uh, Listen to the play-by-play. Isn't it Joel Clad on the call tomorrow? For their big Joel Clad and, um, and uh, of course, uh, the uh, fantastic uh, play-by-play man. God, uh, so fantastic, I'm blanking like an idiot. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. Yeah, but Joel was well, one Gus, of the best. Gus Johnson, brother. To, uh, Gus is incredible. To yeah, to, to listen to, uh, to his insight. But I, I'm going to be looking at... Um, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Offensive line for Nebraska. Um, Matt Lubick said it in fall camp that he thinks that they're a strength of the team. Um, if that is the case, I think Nebraska can be a... a, a I, I think, I put it in my season predictions post last weekend, my column, I think Nebraska can return um, to being a top 25 rushing outfit. They were that uh, in 2018 with the Vinyl Zigbo. I think they can be that same kind of um, caliber offense again. And if And if they are... Uh, if it's a team that sets up the run, then then they might be able to experience that same kind of overall offensive success that they had in 2018. Um, you hope that Adrian takes a, a step forward beyond that. But in order to get there, you have to have um, cohesive play on the offensive line. I think Greg Austin said it on Sports Nightly that um, that uh, he thinks that Brendan Hymas can be one of the best tackles in the conference. He expects him to be one of the best tackles in the conference. Um, you've got Matt Farniak, another senior that they really like. If Bryce Benhart is ready, that offensive line should be able to pave the way for some um, some nice days offensively. If they can do it, if, if they at least look good against Ohio State and, and can do some of the things that Greg Austin has asked, right, like find a few of those pet plays that they can run successfully over and over again, um, you'll be encouraged by that. And then on the other side, the defensive line, uh, really the front seven, you know, Setting the edge for Nebraska has been a storyline this offseason. They weren't great at it a year ago. Um, playing assignment sound um, in the front seven it, it wasn't something, wasn't one of their strong suits a year ago. Um, gap integrity wasn't one of their strong suits a year ago. Um, you know, it, 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 I think it's going to be tough for them to stop the run this year um, just because they have to replace three starters on that three starters on the uh, the defensive line. All three starters. Sorry, I'm, somebody wasn't letting me merge on the highway. Um, 
and so you know, like it, it, for them, it's going to be defensively. I think specifically in this game, Justin Fields is going to hurt them through the air because he's Justin Fields and he's really good. Can you can you play assignment sound? Um, can you play with gap integrity? Can you try to contain some of his explosive runs? Like he he only averaged he averaged fewer than four yards to carry last year running the football. Um, he's a dual threat guy, but he was eighth in the conference in explosive runs. So can you can you limit that part of it? Um, I don't I don't know that there's anything that they're going to be able to do short of playing a perfect game that's going to let them win the game. But if they can if they can have some success at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, I think that'll be um, a, a positive sign moving forward to the season. Talking with Derek Peterson here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, let's say that 3 o'clock rolls around tomorrow and Nebraska has done it. They've pulled off the upset. What and who will need to, to step up for this Husker team? And just how will the Huskers get it done if they are to go into Columbus tomorrow and get the big upset? Uh, everyone will have to step up. <laughs> they'll, have to, they'll have to play a perfect game. No turnovers. Um, produce those momentum-changing, game-changing plays on defense. Adrian's going to have to be... Um, he, he's going to have to be what he was in 2018, but like the next step that everybody expected him to take after that season. Um, they're going to have to have run the ball well. They're going to have to have, have found somebody that isn't named Wondell Robinson in the receiving game uh, to have a big day. Defensively, they're going to have to <laughs> control the line of scrimmage. I mean, this, Ohio State's really good, um, and you can – you can talk about all oh, the secondary's got to replace some stuff and all oh, they got to replace Chase Young and this and that, but Ohio State doesn't reload um, the same as anybody else. Ohio State doesn't rebuild the same as anybody else. Ohio State just puts a new five-star guy on the field and he's good to go from the second he steps foot on the field. Um, so if, if Nebraska is going to pull off an upset, they're going to have to play a perfect game. They're going to have to be perfect in all three phases, no turnovers on offense, um, play the best game of Eric Janander's tenure so far on defense, and actually feel the competent special teams unit. Derek Peterson's with us, HaleVarsity.com at Magazine. Uh, catch Derek's columns Monday, of course, on HaleVarsity.com. Amazing work uh, with uh, Hale Varsity in the magazine as well. And follow him at DrPDHV on Twitter. Derek, about three minutes here or so. So what does tomorrow's performance, whatever that is, whether it's covering, whether it's not what does tomorrow's performance need to say at the end of the day about Nebraska in year three for Scott Frost? That they've taken a step in the right direction and that all of the talk in the offseason about the culture being set, all of the talk in the offseason about, you know, Zach Duvall's work is starting to, to take hold, um, that stuff can't be eradicated in game one. So if they get they get blown off the field again and they look like they just don't don't even belong and don't even belong with what a tier two team would be compared to Ohio State uh, as was the case a year ago that's going to be a problem um, I, I think you know like I, what are the line it opened at like 23 and a half I don't know what it is now but 21 like said, and a half I mean, all like, the way up to 26 yeah I mean like just from a betting standpoint like I might take Nebraska just because mm. You know, it could be like a 41-24 game Ohio State win where they completely control the ball in the fourth quarter because they've already had a big lead. And, you know, Nebraska still covers. If if they can be competitive, if they can keep it respectable, like, I think you're feeling good. I don't think 
anybody is coming into this expecting Nebraska to win. It's a matter of, you know, we've talked about finishing. We've talked about responding when you get punched in the mouth. These are, these are things that Nebraska hasn't done for a couple of years now. They're going to need to start doing it at some point. Why not let it be the first game? I think that would, I think that would um, be a nice statement to say that, hey, we do have proof of concept that this is moving in the right direction. Derek, uh, real quick, Adrian does what tomorrow? Reminds people what he can do. Okay. A, uh, I'm expecting a big year from him. Sure. No, I, so am I. Think I. Good. Yeah. I, I. Do it on, your, on, on the ground and do it throwing to your wideouts and get some tight ends to choose from. Should be pretty good. Derek, yep. you're out in Kearney. And you yep. are the reigning pride of Oklahoma, Derek Peterson, <laughs> HailVarsity.com and Magazine, and Dr. PDHV. Derek, we'll check in uh, with you soon, buddy. Thanks for making time today. I always appreciate you. All right, buddy. There he is. Uh, the uh, Varsity Club is also where you can listen to Derek, his podcast, Incredible. Hail Varsity Crew jumps in on that. Uh, we will get some, some betting thoughts uh, round one with Danny Burke in uh, a few moments. We're down here at Kincader, the tap room down in the Haymarket. Uh, the Hale Ale is now in cans. The Hale Ale is something you need to pick up for, for that little home tailgate you're planning on tomorrow. Maybe you're throwing something on the grill. Maybe you are going to go over to a buddy's house and do it that way. Uh, and I, I will not lie to you. I got the, the text message from Uncle Andy. The brother-in-law's like, yeah, I had the day off, so I did a brisket. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got fat last night. It was awesome. Uh, Hale Varsity rolls forward here at Kincader, the tap room down in the Haymarket. Come see us here till 6. Danny Burke is next. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow Friday. We are at Kincader Brewing, uh, just uh, off of the rail yard in the Haymarket. Uh, and I know a guy who likes a beer or two, Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago with VEASAN. And he's got his uh, daily show coming up here in uh, the Chicagoland area. And uh, you hear him on the weekend as well in Chicago uh, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, what's up, man? It's finally Big Ten football. How are you? Oh, that's right, baby. Big Ten football happening finally. I know you're excited, as are we here on the show. We've been talking about it all week, so can't wait for these games to get off. And, well, hopefully we uh, have at least somewhat of a smile after the Nebraska game. That's all we can hope for in this spot. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of different ways that, that maybe you can be smiling, not only with effort and <laughs> competitiveness, but a chance to make a little green. And, Danny, the lines uh, kind of hovered around that 23-and-a-half to, to 28, down at 26. You've got overs. You've got different ways to look at this. And let's kick it off here as you analyze Nebraska, Ohio State, and and what Ohio State is versus what Nebraska hopes to be. What are some ways to look at Saturday from a betting standpoint? Yeah, I mean, like you said, obviously this this, uh, spread is pretty huge, kind of what we expected going into it, and it's not going to get any easier for this Nebraska team naturally. But, look, if you're looking to bet this game and you don't necessarily want to lay the full spot with Nebraska or uh, with Ohio State rather uh, against Ohio State. And of course you can do some first half wagers too. Maybe Ohio State gets off to a hot start because 
the people, the way they're looking at this game is because of the limited opportunities that some of these teams are going to get that are going to be competing to, for the top ranking, being at Ohio State, maybe they're going to have to win a lot of these games in an impressive fashion. Now, obviously, they already have kind of the back nature of it, knowing that Ohio State is already a solid team, so maybe they don't have to do it as much as you think. They just have to win each game. But that could be a good spot also for Ohio State. But the way that I'm looking at this one and, look, I'd probably, because it got as high as 27 and a half in this spot, I probably would take the points if I had to with Nebraska. <laughs> we are joking before, and, it, look, I, I've seen this too many times where it gets so high, and you think, come on, Nebraska should at least be able to cover that. The backdoor cover should be wide open. And then it's still, they just find a way to not cover it and lose, mm-hmm. just get stopped. So, Instead of that, I elected to take the over at 67. We know Ohio State's going to get their share. I'm just not sure. And you know more than I would at this point, but I just need to be proven otherwise that this Nebraska defense is taking a step forward. Now, conversely, with their offense, I do believe that that will take a step forward, and I think Martinez will have a really solid year. And, you know, even if Ohio State does get out to a huge lead, they're going to have their back of guys in there at some point. I think that's going to be so critical, too, for the Big Ten. I mean, think about this. Not having those non-conference games, you're going to want to get some of your backups, some of your reserves in, not only just to get reps, but because of the whole COVID situation, too. What if they need to get some practice in case anything crazy happens? Maybe then that's an opportunity for Nebraska to put up some points and even cover, too. So uh, that's why I would lean with them covering, but the best bet I would make would be the over 67. Over sounds right. There could be a lot of points. That's been very common for games out of the gate. You just look at the SEC scoring, right? I mean, they've been nailing the overs, and uh, we'll see where it goes with Nebraska. But Danny Burke, uh, Burke's best bets, you like the overs with Nebraska, Ohio State. You've got Penn State and Indiana. Penn State's uh, minus six here. This is dangerous uh, with uh, you have Penn State, Ohio State looming. Indiana is one of those teams that they're trying to, to take that next step. What step? What do you think of this this matchup? Yeah, this is another game, Schmitty, where I like the over. Now, this over is shot up because when we make our picks for our weekly betting guide, uh, we do it on Tuesday. So I actually took the over at 58, and all the attention has been going that way because we see it around like 63 now at this point. And same with the spread. You talked about it being at six. I believe it was as high as six and a half. Now, this has slowly been moving down some action going toward the Hoosiers. But really, when it comes down to it, I think it's going to be a high-scoring offensive game. Penn State, you know, you lose a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Indiana should be able to move the ball once again offensively, as we saw them do last year. Enough guys returning in that spot to where I think they can move the ball. And defensively for Indiana, well, they were one of the worst in the Big Ten last season, and I don't really sense any improvement, at least at this point, not having seen them play. So especially with the fact knowing that I got the better number at 58 and now that it's at 62, I feel fairly confident with getting the best spot there. Um, And it's one of those tricky spots where it's like knowing that, would you still want to go with the over? If I were you and you're still debating it at this point, I'd probably just stay away. But if you don't think 62, the four-point increase isn't too much, and I certainly would suggest going over rather than under. But I think it could be one of those high-scoring, kind of ugly back-to-back scoring games with some turnovers, too, and really the big reason why is because Penn State's defense, who knows what they're going to be as at this point with a lot of their big pieces gone. 
Let's get to Michigan and Minnesota. You've got uh, Michigan dogged by three. Uh, you've got some great news with Minnesota and their weapons back. And this is prime time here, Danny Burke. It's uh, it's ABC. It's the night game. Does uh, Minnesota encore? Does Harbaugh and Michigan stop the noise? What do you think of this one on Saturday night? So this one early on uh, had Minnesota catching three and a half at home, and then that quickly went to three. I took the three with Minnesota in the spot, and there's a main reason why, and – since 2006, Michigan is 1-20. That's right, 1-20 on the road versus ranked teams losing by an average of 15 points per game, and they're 6-15 ATS in that spot as well. Now, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like to follow trends like that, but it's not only the trend that plays a factor. It's just this Michigan team. How good is the quarterback play going to be? Uh, Minnesota, you still look at P.J. Fleck and what he's been able to implement in that squad. I talked about it a lot and what teams could thrive in this COVID setting. And it's got to be a program that's already been instilled with their philosophy. And Minnesota is certainly one of those teams. Not that Michigan isn't. And I know these are types of games where they usually win. It's really the huge games that they're really disappointing. But if you're giving me points at home in week one with this Minnesota team that you alluded to is bringing back guys offensively, I think that's the right play here. If it's under three, I'm going to be staying away. But if you're catching three or above with the Gophers, that's the side I would recommend. Danny Burke, pride of Chicago, Burke's best bets uh, at Danny Burke five on Twitter. And uh, Danny, let's get into some NFL. Couple of minutes left. Give me some thoughts on Sunday. Yeah, so a couple of bets that I had. I did actually a uh, couple teasers here. So I did a teaser with the Saints and the Chargers. The Saints are playing the Panthers, and they're a seven and a half point favorite. I know what you could say: the Teddy Broder, uh, Teddy Bridgewater revenge game. But I don't want to lay the seven half with the Saints. It's too high, right? So I'm going to elect to tease it because it's in the spot that where it's historically successful, being a home favorite of about seven to nine points. You tease them down by either six, six and a half, or seven. It gets you through the seven and through the three, which are the key numbers. So I tease down the Saints by six points from seven and a half to one and a half, and I pair that with the Chargers in the same exact spot. They're currently a seven and a half point favorite. He's them down six points to only laying one and a half because they're playing the Jaguars. Chargers are coming off a bye. I've been fading the Jags now for the past couple weeks, and it's been working because they're finally starting to look like the team everybody expected them to going into the season. So that's one of the six-point teasers I did. I also did another six-point teaser with the Chargers once again. And then the other leg of that teaser, I teased up the Steelers. They were catching one and a half at Bet Rivers yesterday. I currently see them catching one. But this is another valuable spot where it's either a short or home road dog from about catching plus one to plus three. And the Steelers are in that spot, so plus one and a half is where I had them. You tease them up six points to plus seven and a half, get through the key number three, get through the key number of seven. So I did Steelers plus seven and a half with Chargers minus one and a half for the other leg of my six-point teaser. And then I did the Patriots money line, Schmitty, uh, at about oh. minus one and a quarter. Look, this is a huge recency bias game, and we're finally seeing some late buyback on New England. They open up as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. That shot down to them laying about one, one-and-a-half, now two. But, look, the 49ers had an impressive performance on prime time against the Rams. Patriots, conversely, did terrible against the Broncos. It's going to be hard to envision uh, Bill Belichick having another poor performance, especially against the former quarterback that he had. So I like the Patriots on the money line, minus 125. I think it's a good bounce-back spot. Danny Burke, pride of Chicago, Burke's best bets. Danny, thanks for jumping on. You bet you, Smitty. Thanks for having me. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! 
Back here at Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, rolling through a Friday, Nebraska, Ohio State, down here at the tap room with Kincader Brewing. Come get yourself the Hail Ale. Uh, the Hale Varsity beer uh, down here at the Kincaider Tap Room. Now I'm looking up at the big screen here, and our old buddy Scott has stopped by, big time listener, and a uh, another uh, patron here is like, "Why are you talking so loudly in my ear?" I'm sorry, I'm trying to, to see a little better. So you've got uh, Dan the Wiser, Devil's Gap Tropical, and it is October, so Oktoberfest. The Snow Beast is incredible. I've had that uh, at a lot of places. I will have one here at 6 o'clock down here at Kincader. The Winter Ale is incredible. Now, Dan, the uh, the Wiser White Peach Kolsch, that sounds phenomenal. Uh, Ghost Wolf Pumpkin Pie, the Star Shake uh, IPA. The uh, Herd Law Blackberry Weed, that sounds incredible. The Grapefruit Rattler. That makes me smile. The cult classic. And, of course, the uh, uh, Frame the Butcher. Uh, Hiram's Bones Porter. The Nut Crusher, Peanut Butter Amber. Uh, the Four Connie Pale Ale. The Snozenberry Sour. And the uh, Devil's Cap Jalapeno Ale. So that is uh, a list. And, of course, the Hail Ale. Get that crushing uh, for your home gate. Or come see us in the rail yard tomorrow. Uh, with uh, Ohio State, Nebraska. Watch Nebraska, Ohio State. Weekend edition at 7 a.m. Ian Cranach from the Hale Varsity offices. Real Red Reaction uh, immediately following. So uh, that is good stuff. Bill Dolman is coming up. uh, And the Friday forecast with Clausburn. We will get into it. We're down here at Kincader. Tap room till six tonight. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. You may move in 2020. And uh, if you're looking for a residential home in Lincoln or surrounding areas, West Blue Realty can help. They can make it happen. And uh, when you mention Hale Varsity to West Blue Realty, can, they can provide you up to $1,000 with the closing of your next home purchase. Call Tom Luby at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider, 402 402- 202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. 1120 K Street, Suite 200 here in uh, Lincoln, westbluerealty.com. Elijah, I have been a bad monkey with uh, the Jet Splash giveaways. We gave a couple away Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we now have three $25 gift cards to give away for Jet Splash. Their 84th and Highway 2 location. There's a fundraiser going on with their spooky tunnel. So be sure to check that out here as Halloween uh, nears. What callers can win here? Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I've been ready. Okay, so caller five through eight. Hold on a minute. That's awful math. Uh, Five, six, seven. Callers five, six, seven. Right now, gets a $25 Jet Splash gift card. Callers five, caller six, caller seven. Four, six, six, three, seven, seven, six. Four, six, six, three, seven, seven, six. 800-825-5865. 800-825-5865. Caller 5, caller 6, caller 7. Uh, Jet Splash $25 gift card can be yours. Bill Dolman's next. Hour 2 with Hale Varsity.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow Friday, and we are at Kincater Brewing. The uh, awesome folks here in their tap room down in the hay market. Uh, Elijah Herbal's back at the studio. I have taken many screenshots of beer and uh, sent them uh, to you, so Elijah's been taunted all day. Uh, you know the sign of a great actor when he can multitask and, and stay in character, and uh, we welcome in all the way in Led Colorado, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, to give us his thoughts on Nebraska, Ohio State. Billy D., it's finally football here, less than 24 hours. Uh, you've had a, an adventure today. Uh, will it uh, be uh, somewhat reminiscent of, of how tomorrow goes on, on the gridiron for Nebraska? How are you? Well, I'm, I'm doing okay. The, the biggest hiccup on this trip from uh, Denver to Leadville was a, a major accident on I-70, and anybody in Nebraska who has gone skiing out uh, in these here parts would know that if you get stuck on 70, uh, you can get stuck there for a while. So a, a two-hour trip turned into about three and a half to four. So I would anticipate that I am the only Nebraskan who's going to have any kind of hiccup this weekend because I think everything else is going to go just fine. Bill, just for the folks uh, around the great state of Nebraska, the greater Fairbury region, all of our affiliates, uh, what is your role today? Uh, what what type of scene are, are you uh, working on shooting? And how is the uh, how's the catering been? Well, I am. Uh, I'm shooting a Jeep commercial of all things, but I've got to really stretch because uh, they have me in a grandparents' role. Um, I'm not sure people will buy it, but you know, I'll certainly try to pull off the performance of a lifetime uh, as I uh, welcome my uh, kids and grandchild uh, to the cabin as they exit their Jeep. But uh, nevertheless, um, that's that's the role of the day today. Is it hard to switch uh, to, to, to grandpa mode and, and not pizza delivery guy to sorority house? <laughs> you know, the, the toughest thing is these slippers that they have me in. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I, I, I think I'll be able to adjust uh, just fine. I will say this. Uh, th- these commercials are like, uh, this is like the biggest production I've ever been involved in outside of the Olympics. I mean, it's amazing the amount of people and trucks and attention to detail it's uh it's really kind of an eye-opening experience and i'm watching these guys fast and furiously uh detail the jeep for each and every you know the various jeeps for each and every scene hi i'm the pride of fairbury did somebody order a large pie um <laughs> bill uh, let's get into to nebraska here as you look at this showdown here with ohio state the spread is the spread how are you feeling going in and we were talking about this me and elijah were in hour one when it, when it comes to credibility, I, I don't think there's you know a, a credibility question mark for me or many Nebraska fans with with Scott Frost and, and how the program. The belief is it'll get turned around, but but what 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 could a decent performance tomorrow do 
for, for Nebraska football. And I mean, the arrows have been, everyone's out of arrows, you know, the way they, they unloaded on Nebraska here during this. Is Nebraska and the Big Ten going to play? Won't they play? So is tomorrow that type of opportunity? Do you put your arms around that in one of the storylines as far as, you know, how close it is, how competitive it is, the outcome? I really think this is a uh, this is going to be one of the uh, most watched and scrutinized games of the entire college football season. A because Nebraska put a target on its back, and rightfully so. Um, and there are those haters who have their quivers filled with arrows again. And you just know that if if by the outside chance Ohio State rolls up something big that they're going to say, well, see, Nebraska, you got what you wanted, huh? You know, but without Nebraska, we've talked about this for months now, that without Nebraska, we're not here to begin with. Ohio State isn't here. It was Nebraska that moved the ball to get the Big Ten to play. And, you know, Nebraska, outside of a few comments that Bill Moose, you know, made about, well, look what they gave us in the schedule with Wisconsin and whatnot uh, right out of the gate, um, Nebraska has not really said anything about, well, we're scared of Ohio State. or they, There's no backing down from the challenge whatsoever. I think Nebraska has done a great job over the last two or three weeks of embracing the opportunities they have. And I think it is a great opportunity for Scott and for the program and for Nebraska to, with, with a good performance. Okay, if, if the odds makers say it's Ohio State's day, okay, that's fine. But if Nebraska plays well, plays competitively, plays like they did two years ago in Columbus when the place was full, uh, if there's a similar performance to that to keep the game to within a couple of scores. I think I think Nebraska has every right to say that this was a great weekend, although you know the program will say we played a win. We didn't win, so it's you know it's it's not great. But I think in the big picture if Nebraska accords itself well, um, I think there are a lot of positives that come out of the game. And, and again the Big Ten put Nebraska and Ohio State in week one. They didn't put Ohio State against Illinois. They wanted the Nebraska brand in the opening game to kick off Big Ten football. And I say it, I've said it for years, the Nebraska brand matters. Okay? It's not just Ohio State that they're featuring. It's Nebraska. So it's already a win for Nebraska because they're on the, they're on the stage that they're on. Bill Dolman is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, what do you think the Huskers will have to do on the field tomorrow to replicate a performance like they had in uh, in 2018 at the Shoe, where they kept things close and they made Ohio State work for all four quarters? Well, I, it, it goes to Adrian, and I said this last week. I anticipated Adrian Martinez being the starting quarterback because he has the experience of having played there before. He's played against Ohio State twice, and he no, understands the speed. He understands that field, all of that, and that's the advantage I think that he had going into this camp over Luke McCann. McCaffrey. You know, Luke had a couple of games last year, and prior to that, his biggest game was against Sherry Creek. So, uh, it's to me, there is a lot on Adrian Martinez tomorrow, but he can't play that way. He can't go into the game thinking there's a lot on my shoulders. He has to go in with, with a certain brashness that he's going to get the job done. And I, I hate to put it all on him, but we've seen him make some bad decisions handling the football. We've seen him make some uh, forced throws that end up being interceptions. 
he has to handle the ball. Nebraska cannot have more than two turnovers, and zero would be certainly preferable. But they can't have more than two, and he can't be the one who's who's you know dropping the ball and, and getting bailed out by his teammates. Now another one, or I think this is under is understated. I think Cam Jurgens has to have a good game at center because there were so many times last year where those snaps uh, those snaps back to the quarterback and the in the pistol of the shotgun were errant that throws off the timing of the play. If those guys can have the right kind of timing, Jurgens you know he shows that he's improved from year one to year two, and that keeps Nebraska's offense it clicking and efficient. I think that's going to help Adrian. But I hate to put it all on him, but it, it is on it is it is imperative that he handles the football well. Bill Dolman's with us, Pride of Fairbury, Hale Varsity Radio. We are on the road here at Kincader, brewing the tap room down in the Haymarket, just south of the rail yard. I'm staring at some train cars out the window. I've got a Hale Ale in front of me. Come on down, see us. We're here till six. It doesn't. The, kid, the football season doesn't start off uh, unless we hear from the Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, and uh, Bill is on a shoot for Jeep. Jeep uh, is something I drive. Bill, can I can I get a, a little bit of a break uh, since I know a guy who's <laughs> pumping Jeeps? Yeah, probably not. I, I don't think the uh, the ancillary <laughs> grandparents' role is uh, one that's going to uh, you know afford any benefits to anybody else. That's pretty good. I, I'm interested here as as we talk more Nebraska, Ohio State. I think you're right about the showcase, the brand, and uh, from. Austin Day, the, the camaraderie that exists, the, the respect that's grown between Ohio State and Nebraska, that's all well and good. But uh, the, the infamous scene out of Step Brothers where Dale tries to, to bury uh, Brennan uh, is, is real. Ohio State is going to come out and, and try and annihilate not just Nebraska, but everybody. They're a ticked-off football team. W- what do you expect from Ohio State? Let's go to their side of the football for a moment. It's been well-detailed, the, the recruiting stars. It's been well-detailed detailed just the the NFL talent that exists that's been developed by Ryan Day do you expect them to hit the ground running because they are reloading it with some amazing talent or do you think they look human they look mortal similar to Alabama before they kind of got their sea legs how do you think Ohio State responds I think there's a couple of intangibles that, that play in the Nebraska's favor. Uh, we don't know how great Ohio State is. Everybody just says they are. All right, Justin Fields is a great quarterback, and they do have a lot of great athletes on their field, on, on the field. But there are a couple of intangibles that I think that come into play. One is there's not going to be anybody there. It's going to be, I think, a bigger adjustment for Ohio State at home with nobody in the stands as opposed to Nebraska going into Columbus where you're the visiting team anyway. So, you know, they're going to have to generate their internal motivation, their internal excitement. You know, they're going to have to pump their own adrenaline without getting any boost from the crowd. And I think that there's going to be something eerie that Ohio State's going to take that field and look around and go, where is everybody? Nebraska takes the field going, we were here a couple of years ago. We, you know, the, it's, there's nobody, you know, that we're fighting against. So I think to a certain extent that plays a little bit into Nebraska's hand. Although, look, if you're a road team, you like playing in front of that atmosphere. I just think it's going to be a bigger shock for Ohio State that they're going to have to find their own motivation. 
secondly, everybody is expecting Ohio State to be in the college football playoff and to be the team that takes on Clemson. That's This is their year. This is the year for Ohio State. Okay, well, you know what? That's in January. You know, they got to get to December. So if they go into this game thinking that they're going to be the team that takes on Clemson, they may forget that they're taking on Nebraska. That's not the same team that, you know, Scott had the first year. You've got a, hopefully a quarterback that's more mature. You've got a defense that's mature. You've got a much better offensive line. So if Ohio State is looking ahead to playing Clemson already, I think that's going to play into Nebraska's favor as well, especially early on. Bill, I mean, so much is being made of the players for the Huskers and the players for Ohio State, but I want to focus for a second on the coaching staff for Nebraska. Uh, Matt Lubick, obviously new offensive coordinator. Uh, you got Greg Austin doing the run game, and then uh, Shenander looking for kind of a bounce-back performance from his defense this year. Do you expect any changes in play calling, or what do you want to see from play calling uh, from the coaching staff come tomorrow? Well, I think Nebraska's got the opportunity to do some some things differently and, uh, um, you know, to add a few wrinkles that maybe they couldn't in the past because you've got so much coming back on the offensive line. You've got Martinez with experience. You've got the versatility that Luke McCaffrey brings. You've got uh, Mills at the running back. You've got depth at running back for the first time. Uh, Wandale Robinson is not going to be the only, you know, threat that Nebraska has. If Omar Manning plays, all the better. If he doesn't, okay, well, you're without him, but you move on. But I think just because the fact Nebraska is is more experienced than two years ago and more experienced than a year ago and more healthy perhaps, especially along the line, I think that gives an opportunity for Lubick in his debut as the offensive coordinator to do some things. And again, he's got chemistry with Scott. So it's not as though you're bringing in somebody that nobody knows. Scott trusted Matt Lubick. He's had plenty of time to certainly look you know, back at last year's tapes. So I would think Nebraska's got the opportunity because of their relationship as coaches and the experience that they have to add more wrinkles than they probably could have done. At, well, they certainly couldn't have done it two years ago and more so than last year. Bill Dolman's with us, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, and Bill Dolman on Twitter. He is on a photo shoot today. More acting for the Pride of Fairbury. This for a Jeep commercial. Had a cousin <laughs> named Chuck who uh, used to do Jeep commercial shoots. His were in Hawaii, but he actually grew up in Leadville. So, small world, Billy D. Got about uh, 90 seconds here, Bill. I need uh, some predictions and that infamous Pride of Fairbury score. Well, here's another thing that, that comes to mind, you know, and, and since I'm in a different country in Colorado than being back home in Nebraska, <laughs> where they don't really know much about, you know, football. But, you know, I want to go back to last year's Colorado game. I mean, Nebraska should have won that game. But there were mm-hmm. there were, there was so many moments, especially early on, where they were too overhyped. And they made mistakes. I think there were a couple of penalties early on that, that allowed Colorado to extend drives in that first half and then kept the game close. Nebraska should have won that game. There's no question about it. I think defensively, Nebraska needs to come out and just play strict assignment football and don't come out so jacked up that you make a mistake and you say, well, you can just chalk that up to over-enthusiasm. Nebraska's got to be locked in without being over-enthusiastic and, and make those mistakes that's going to prolong an Ohio State 
say drive. If they can play within themselves, then I, I think that certainly helps the, the, the defense. But, you know, I, I've seen the point spread where I think Ohio State's like a favored by 118 and a half. Um, I, I think Nebraska can hold them within that. And uh, I, I really think that with, without the crowd being there, Adrian Martinez playing smart, running the football. Remember last year when he had the opportunity to run and he didn't? Uh, I think this year he probably takes a few more chances and, and generates and has a pretty good game like he had a couple of years ago. So I really look for a, 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 a big performance, and I think Nebraska wins it 9-8. Uh, Nine to eight, three field goals, four safeties. Is, and I, is yeah, and I, 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 I don't think it's going to be as close as the score indicates. Right of Fairberry's Bill Dolman and uh, his thoughts on Nebraska, Ohio State. Billy D., thanks for squeezing us in today. All right, go Big Red. And, uh, hey, when I cheat on my Guinness beers, I love to have myself a Kim Cater. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity continues down here at Kincater Brewing, the tap room, and just a wonderful sight. You'll have... Uh, plenty of Husker fandom, of course. Tomorrow we're in the rail yard at the Hale Varsity Herdad offices. Pre-game 7-9 tomorrow morning. A real red reaction immediately following Nebraska-Ohio State. Kind of in the shadow here of, as I look out the back on Canopy Street of the Huddle Building. And some really cool uh, train uh, cars here from the train station. And Kincader, if you haven't been down here, amazing folks from... Uh, from Broken Bow, great people, and uh, we in, we invite you to try the Hail Ale. We'll hear from Greg Austin coming up here. What's Nebraska's offensive line uh, look like tomorrow? Well, we know who's starting, but what type of push and protection and time can they deliver in Columbus? Clausburn's on the way. The Friday forecast uh, lines open right now. Open phone segment 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825-5865. Let's uh, say hi to John. John, thanks for listening. Welcome to Hale Varsity. Go ahead. You know, I like to have people have like a saying, keep the spirit. You know, we we came out for Nebraska and lined the streets when they came back with the national championship. Win, lose, or draw tomorrow would be nice some way if the fans could uh, somehow show their support down on campus or when they were coming, for, you know, coming back with just, you know, banners or just – waving or giving them a high fly or something. I just think we need to keep the spirit. And I just think that I hope the fans can do that. I know that nationwide our our brand is very strong with the Nebraska people, but it sort of has uh, gone south a little bit. And I think by doing this, we can show people that the fans are still the greatest even though we're not filling you know selling out that well we sell them out but we won't be in the stadium this year and i think it's so important to keep the spirit going for our team and our whole athletic program you know john i I think uh i think that that is felt uh every day by the the head coach the staff the athletic department i mean you've got such a, an investment and an, an emotional investment 
uh, in Nebraska football by the entire state. I mean, it is the pride and joy. It's kind of a birthright to, to grow up as a Nebraskan and, and cheer for the football team and make your way to Memorial Stadium. That's my cherished experiences. I know Elijah loved it. I know you've been, uh, it's been part of your family and, and a mainstay for a number of years. So, you know, as far as to, and you know, we did it, man. And you got to go back to, to 1988. I was a kid. But Nebraska beat Oklahoma 7-3. to It was a rainstorm down in Norman. That was Barry's last game, Switzer's last game. And I remember getting in uh, the, the family truckster with Dad and his buddies. And you, you welcomed the team back from the airport. So, yeah, you'll see that happen if they win. But to your point, you go out there and say, hey, thanks for getting through 2020. I don't know if that'll happen or not. But, yeah, air, air high fives are important in 2020. And I think the support's there. And I think the patience is, is actually there. Right now, the attitude of, of gratitude, as Coach Barnett said, is very real. Uh, and I think that that extends even if it gets a little ugly tomorrow. Thanks for your phone call. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Elijah, you ever do that as a kid? Welcome a, a, a Nebraska team back. I mean, I remember moments. I remember this place, Joe, and just go, going bat bleep uh, with the, the no-sit Sunday for basketball, right? When Padaway, when Padaway went off and it was just crazy down here in the rail yard with the, the wind to get you kind of in the tournament. I remember moments as a kid where where I was after a national championship when you finally beat Miami or, or uh, honestly, the, that, that Oklahoma game in 88. But did you or your buddies ever do that, experience that? I mean, what's kind of been your uh, greet these guys like heroes moment or has there been? There really hasn't been because there this, this, have been nine and four. Yeah, there hasn't been that many moments to celebrate. Um I would have celebrated a Big Ten championship if we could have ever gotten that one. I would have gone and greeted the team, uh, but we never got it. So hopefully in the next couple of years at least we can get some, some positive, some positive uh, performances from the team where they, uh, they kind of earn that and where we can go down and, and greet them back as the conquering heroes that they are. But so far in my life, I haven't had a chance to do it. Heads up here in the NFL, uh, Antonio Brown, oh my God, will visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Saturday. Uh, this being reported by Shefty. I thought he was going to join uh, Metcalf uh, in Seattle, but I don't know, man. That's that's He's so awesome, but he's such a psycho. He's got to go somewhere. I go get Antonio Brown no matter what. He's <laughs> Wouldn't it be go funny to... if, if the, the bees end up back together? Bell and, and Brown in Pittsburgh because, man, they were something to watch offensively. Let's hear from Greg Austin. Coach Austin was on the network. Offensive line is going to be extremely key to uh, setting the tone here this 2020 season. What do you do against this Ohio State front seven? What do you do when it comes to Adrian's protection? And can you, uh, can you be balanced offensively tomorrow? Uh, what are we uh, hearing here, uh, Elijah? What are we queuing up here for this first part? Uh, we got a cut uh, from Greg Austin about the depth of the offense line, how he's built that. And we got one about uh, the progress that they've made this offseason and what they were able to do through COVID. So which would you prefer? Hmm. Let's let's do the, the, the depth because, you know, there were some times last year where you, you had your five best out there, which is great. But you now have options, specifically that left guard, and if someone didn't get the job done or someone didn't 100%, uh, 
uh, you can go to another option. Uh, I'll have a comment or two here on Ben on Ben Hart uh, momentarily. But uh, let's hear about that depth and, and the movement forward here with a really good and uh, deep offensive line from Coach Austin. Without a doubt. There's no doubt about that. You know, when I first got here, man, we had, you know, uh, about 10 guys in the room. You know, and of those 10 guys, I can say that, you know, um, five guys could really play for us at a high level. You know, and when I say a high level, heck, I'm talking about, you know, compete in the Big Ten, you know, if we will. And I'm not even talking about, you know, at the top of the Big Ten, just, you know, go out there and compete. Uh, now, you know, I'm fortunate to, you know, we're fortunate, not I, we're fortunate to have, um, you know, a lot of guys in the room. There's a lot of healthy competition that has gone on uh, in the last six weeks, you know, even without pads on for that matter. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I'm just I have a lot of confidence in, you know, the guys that we're going to have out there playing for us. And, and certainly if a helmet pops off or if a guy gets nicked up, you know, um, we're ready to, you know, sub another guy in. Uh, and hopefully, you know, um, there won't be a drop off. That is so key, right? And let's flip it around to Ohio State. Greg Austin's party com- parting comment there is, there will not be a drop-off. When we talk expectations and Ohio State's supposed to be in the playoff and they just reload, they have been so good and so great at their evaluations where they make their coaches look awesome because they go get great players. There's not supposed to be a drop-off from Okuda tomorrow afternoon. There's not supposed to be a drop-off from Chase Young. And you've had a lineage. I mean, you've had the Bosa brothers. You've had Chase Young. Who's next, right? And and you've got some dudes that can just ball. Zach Harrison's a five-star defensive end that, that breathes fire, okay? <laughs> um, but it's – you know what? If I'm a betting man, and, and we'll do our predictions here in a moment – Ohio State will not be playoff Ohio State tomorrow. Adrian's played well and and performed there. Nebraska, I I honestly think, will hang around in this. Now, Elijah's going to run this tape back Monday at 4.07 and say, (laughs) someone's seven beers deep. I am not. But the point is, is, look, I, I know how good Ohio State is. I'm anxious to see uh, where Nebraska can go, and it's going to be the offense. It's going to be the off- it's going to be the offensive line and the defensive line tomorrow. Period. How outmatched are is Nebraska's defensive line against the Ohio State offensive line? Very, 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 very. They are incredible. But guess what? You got some young pups uh, that are going to go up against a very hungry Nebraska defensive line, uh, offensive line, I should say. Uh, one more thought here from Greg Austin. You know, they, they took it on themselves to, you know, uh, exhaust the process uh, at every turn. You know, um, if it was just Zooms, you know, they were dialed into the Zoom calls. Um, and certainly when we were able to get back on the field, you know, they were, in my opinion, in some regards, you know, well ahead of what I anticipated that they would be. And, um, you know, the plan in terms of, you know, certainly the weight room, you know, and just understanding, you know, a lot of we've done a lot of situational things, you know, those guys being mindful of, you know, the task at hand. Uh, so I'm just like I said, I'm I'm in awe of um, how these guys have handled this uh, this situation. They've just taken it on. It's so professional. You know, they're so professional. So uh, I'm excited about those guys. They have really kind of honed their, their skill set. They have wanted to perform and play. Uh, it is interesting to, to, to have that kind of 
internal motor, right? Sean Wade is back. Zach Harrison's good. If not great, it's Justin Fields. But it is on the offensive line. So what what do you do if you're Nebraska? Because no doubt Ohio State's going to throw some guys at uh, at the rookie, right? Uh, it is it is Bryce Benhart who did get some time last week last year uh, against Ohio State. Did against Wisconsin. He didn't burn his red shirt, but he got time in. He's a he's a super uber talented red shirt freshman, and he's really really good. It can make you feel insignificant when you go up against somebody that's great and talented and you're not used to that. I don't worry about confidence or the mental focus or structure of Ben Hart. He'll be fine. But if you're Nebraska, you absolutely have to give him some help. Okay? You, 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 he'll have help in Farniak at the left guard who's a grizzled vet on the offensive line. Hymas needs to be uh, NFL good tomorrow. And guess what? He he has a, a bit of chip on his shoulder from how tough it was last year. Same with same with Farniak because of the, the Chase Young experience. If you're Nebraska, you need Vokalek, you need Stoll, uh, you need uh, another tight end. That could be Austin Allen and all 6A to him. Uh, yes, they need to be involved in the passing game, but you need a tight end or two uh, on that right side to help out your redshirt freshman. He's good. He's going to play well. He's going to have a really good career. You can't ask him to go one-on-one and, and be an all-pro tomorrow on the road out of the gate. Maybe he's Anthony Munoz. I don't know. But the point is, it's it's not a fair ask. We'll get to a Friday forecast here. We're down here at Kincater, the tap room at Tail Bar City, presented by Nebraska Live. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. We're down here at Kincader Brewing, the tap room in the rail yard, just south of the rail yard in the Haymarket. Great to be with you. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, if if you're having trouble streaming. Thank you for your persistence with that. I, I've had a lot of folks via email uh, reach out. Uh, when it comes to streaming today, ESPNLincoln.com is where we encourage you to stream. But if you are uh, checking us out on iTunes or the uh, TuneIn Radio app, God love you. Thanks for fighting through. Uh, we are working on whatever the issue is with uh, ESPNLincoln.com streaming. So uh, we'll get it fixed. Uh, weekend edition tomorrow, 7 to 9 in the rail yard uh, ahead of Nebraska, Ohio State. Real red reaction tomorrow from the rail yard myself tim bob kitzmiller it is going to feel so good to talk to our dear friend he's imaginary and he wears red uh, the infamous clausburn is with us for the first edition of the friday forecast big 10 edition uh, without further ado a little music claus how are you brother you ready for football well, I'm very ready for football. It's been a long time coming, and I just want to say, Christopher, if you think you're having problems with your stream now, wait till you get to be my age. <laughs> that is too good. Thank you for the urinary joke, Claus. Well, let's get to some football, and uh, we'll start off tonight with the the Friday Night Revenge Tour. I think Barry and his Badgers have got a, a hit out on, on Lovey and company. Uh, you kick off tonight in Madtown, 19 and a half points. Illinois 
at Wisconsin. We'll figure a way to sneak in a steak and a beer bet to Elijah before we say goodbye. But kick us off here, Elijah. How you feeling here about uh, uh, Wisconsin and Illinois? Uh, I like the Badgers uh, just because Illinois isn't going to be an offensive juggernaut this year. We know what Wisconsin's defense is year in, year out. Uh, so I'm liking the Badgers on Friday night, especially because we're kicking off the Big Ten. I think it'd be uh, it'd be pretty incredible if we got a uh, an upset already on uh, night one. So I'm going to take Wisconsin 31, and I'm going to take Illinois 17. You know, rumor have had it Barry Alvarez so upset, so frustrated, so heartbroken by last year's loss. I mean, I, we were out golfing. Uh, Wisconsin's up 10, couple of turnovers. Bang at the buzzer. Illinois not only wins but gets bowl eligible. And we thought Illinois was a better team last year, especially how they scared the hell out of Nebraska. Uh, this is going to be pain. This is going to be gasoline. They'll pour more gasoline on this. I think Wisconsin is very fierce and they have a long memory for this. I think Wisconsin rolls. I think they're angry. Uh, give me Wisconsin... Uh, even with a new quarterback, I still think they hit, they, they break 40. 40 uh, to 13, Wisconsin big tonight. Clausburn, what do you think? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think when the ball sort of started rolling uh, towards the Big Ten uh, restarting the season, Illinois was one of the teams that was threatening not to play. And quite honestly, I think if they had followed through on that, red might have been lower. But I'll take Wisconsin <laughs> in this one. 42 and Illinois 10. I, I'm with you, Christopher. I, I think I think Barry and the boys roll. Let's go to the Big 12 here as a quick break from the Big 10. Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Coach Campbell and the uh, the, the Cyclones are, are fun. Brock Purdy is really good in October. Oklahoma State is all loaded with talent. I believe the mullet has been uh, watered and fed. Three and a half, the number here. Uh, tight ball game. Oklahoma State should win this. But it'd be very Oklahoma State of them not to. Uh, I think Oklahoma State wins. I think they cover. I'll jump into the pool here first. And, and I think it's going to be about a 31-24 tight ball game. Uh, that might be a bit of a low score. But give me the Cowboys and uh, their, their playoff chances uh, remain alive. Uh, they'll win and cover, but I like Iowa State a lot this year. Elijah, what do you say? Uh, I think something we can't forget is that Oklahoma State hasn't played in three weeks. Last time they played was October 3rd. I see them coming out a little bit rusty. Uh, I see a second half comeback from the uh, the Cowboys. I think they uh, they get back into it. I think they win, but they don't cover. It's going to be a close one. Give me Oklahoma State 31. Give me Iowa 30. Okay, Claus, you got the Cyclones or the Cowboys? Well, I'm going to take the Cyclones in this one. And the reason is they've had some pretty good success against uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. People are surprised by that. I'm really not considering, uh, uh, you know, the Cyclones always have pretty good success in the state of Oklahoma, considering how much of it is made up of trailer parks. So <laughs> I think Iowa State upsets Oklahoma State. I think they win the game 31 28, and I think they scored two touchdowns in the final five minutes to do it. It would be very Oklahoma uh, of them to do it. Let's go to uh, uh, Iowa, I should say uh, Indiana and Penn State. The Nittany Lions roll into Bloomington minus six. Everyone says this is dangerous. Uh, good offense for Indiana. Better defense. Uh, and you just, you're just missing some big-time parts. It says and smells like Indiana and, and the signature win uh, on top of getting six points. 
I just don't know. I'm going to say Penn State survives. I don't think they're looking ahead. But I think it is absolutely dicey. 38-35, give me Penn State, but Indiana covers. Elijah? Uh, I think Penn State's going to be looking to, to send a message to the rest of the East that they are, are looking to make a statement this year and that Ohio State uh, is in their uh, their crosshairs. Uh, I, I do think it's closer than they would like, but I got Penn State to win and cover. Give me Penn State 34. Give me uh, Indiana 24. Claus, what do you say here? Penn State or Indiana? Well, I know what you expect me to do when we're picking a Penn State game, and so <clears throat> I decided to try to get a little bit new material and did a little research on Penn State. And I actually found out that they recently, I mean, within the last 10 years, started a hockey program, and they've had pretty good success. <clears throat> in fact, before everything was shut down, uh, they were number seven in the country. And as you know, I'm a pretty big hockey fan, so I was surprised I didn't know that. But I guess like everybody in Happy Valley, uh, when it came to anything but football, I just turned the other way. So, Ooh. not going to do that this time. I'm going to take Penn State 31 and Indiana 21. So, Penn State the win in the cover. All right. Michigan, Minnesota, and uh, the Gophs favored against uh, an elite East. Uh, Harbaugh, it's been messy. He hates his governor. I mean, there's lots of things. Let's hurry through this. Uh, give me Michigan to upset Minnesota 28-24. Uh, to 24. Elijah. I like Minnesota over Michigan in this one. Uh, I like the experience of a, of a quarterback who's coming back. So give me Minnesota 38 and give me uh, Michigan 28. Claus, what do you got here? Minnesota or Michigan? You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about Minnesota, and i got to say I'm really not a big fan of their coach. He's a little bit uh, what Bob would have called a fig jam. Do you guys know what fig jam is? Yes. <laughs> In his case, it stands for Fleck, I'm great, just ask me. Yeah. And so he's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. <clears throat> and given what he did to that player who said he now wishes he had chosen Nebraska, I just want to say Nebraska, I mean, unless – Unless you enjoy mayonnaise on your jello salad, Nebraska's always a better choice than Minnesota. So <clears throat> I'm going to pull for Michigan in this one, and I think they'll get it done. Uh, 31 and Minnesota 21. Not enough bullets for Nebraska. Great effort and uh, a effort to be proud of. Nebraska loses 21. Hang on. Nebraska loses 41-24 to Ohio State, but you'll... Stay through it for all four quarters. Elijah, what do you got? Yeah, I think uh, same with you. You stay through it through all four quarters, but Ohio State pulls away at the end. Uh, 49-28. Claus, what do you got, Nebraska or Ohio State? Well, I just really quickly want to take a minute to be serious because I read something uh, from Hale Varsity, believe it or not, about how the football team is going to be wearing a sticker to honor a man by the name of George Flippin who was the first African-American player in Nebraska history. He, in fact, was voted captain, and the head coach vetoed that because he thought he wasn't smart enough to be captain. Well, George went on to be a doctor in Stromsburg and had a very successful life. He also had a son who went on, his name was Robert, uh, to be to be a political activist and someone who worked uh, with the prison population in San Quentin out in California. And he had a grandson by the name of Lance Jeffers, who uh, the, the best comparison I can make is that he was a lot like Terrence Mann from Field of Dreams. He was a poet and an activist during the civil rights era. So I'm really glad 
uh, the University of Nebraska is doing something <clears throat> to honor him, and hopefully more people will be able to, to learn about George Flippin and the, and the great things he did besides make Missouri uh, forfeit a game against us. I appreciate you letting me get serious for a minute. I know you expected me to make some crack about how I think Carl's matured because now whenever he wants to send out a D-pick, he just sends a picture of Urban Meyer, but I felt this was important. What do you got, Claus? I'm going to take Nebraska in an upset. Nebraska 31 and Ohio State 30. There we have it. Claus, thank you so much. Okay. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, and uh, thanks to the affiliates who uh, have hung with us. Uh, with that last segment, a little off, but we'll get corrected here. And uh, tomorrow, 7 o'clock uh, in the morning, weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m., myself and Cranach down in the rail yard getting you ready for Nebraska, Ohio State. Real Red Reaction follows. We've been uh, just blessed to be at Kincader Brewing Roadshow Friday today. So it's been awesome to sit in. Scotty's here. Uh, Nate popped on by. Uh, the pride of Fairbury uh, took time out. I'm sure he was in a velvet robe from his shoot in Leadville, Colorado. Make what you want of that town name and Bill Dolman doing a air quote shoot. So uh, there we have it. Uh, it's been great, man. And football is back. We are excited about it. Elijah Herbal's back at the station. Schmidt here down uh, at the uh, tap room for Kincader. Great folks out of... Uh, uh, you know, Western Nebraska, they are just good folks from Broken Bow, and their beer is incredible. So get yourself a, a hail ale for your, your home gate or uh, your, your beer run tomorrow for Nebraska, Ohio State. I love Clausburn calling the upset uh, 38-30, well, and uh, saying Nebraska. Elijah, what are we doing steak and beer on for, for uh, this weekend? Do you want to do college football or do you want to do NFL? Let's do NFL. Let's do, let's do NFL. I'm, I've been 3-0 and there. Hmm, you want to do that uh, that Patriots game? Patriots uh, 49ers? That thing, see, that thing's like dirty. Um, Danny Burke's all over, over New England. That two-and-a-half number? Let's, uh, you want to stay away from that one? I, that's the one I, I, got, I got a prediction for that one. Well, you tell me this. Broncos Chiefs. You're a, you're a Donks fan. Mm-hmm. You want nothing to do with that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I heard your tone. You're like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm on Seattle, Arizona. That's I'll, good. I'll do that one. I'll do Seattle, Arizona if you okay. want it. So who do you want? Uh, I really like the Cardinals, but I'd have to go with the Seahawks. I assume you'd probably want the Seahawks too, so we'd have to figure out the line there. No, I'll take Arizona. I'll, I'll take, take Arizona, Arizona in, the, in, in four. And four? Yes. I'm, I'm doiling up a half a point. Uh, or do we just got to go three? I think we just got to do three. Okay, I will. I will. I'll, I'll take we'll, the Seahawks in we'll, three. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Well, I get the points. Oh, I know. I know. The Seahawks, the Seahawks to cover the three. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like there that. we have it. Steak and a beer. Let's just make it four weeks in a row. 
Elijah. Oh, I don't want four weeks in a row. I, I'm trusting Russell Wilson to, to be my savior here. They are going to lose, here. and they're due to lose. Period. They're due as to lose, but uh, that, that Cardinals team, uh, Kyler Murray's only second-year quarterback. He's awesome. I don't know. They're good. We'll see. How All right. Tomorrow morning, find us down at the rail yard. Thanks to Kincader, Elijah, you rock. Podcast will be up uh, on iTunes and, of course, uh, Spotify. Have a great football weekend. Thanks for listening to Hail Varsity.